Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Femi Pod for episode 78. As always, I am here with my bestie, Esty. And this week we have a very special guest, the incredible athlete and a good friend, Brody Kane. Brody is a Kiwi broadcaster running her own podcast, which we love, The Girls Uninterrupted, as well as her own podcast, Kiwi Yarns, and media company, Brody Kane Media. Brody is the epitome of a strong and confident woman who will take no bullshit. We are so excited to dive into Brody's story today and share with you her advice on how to become empowered as a woman in 2023. Kia ora, Brody. Thanks for joining us. Oh, kia ora. Gosh, I always think that once you've done an intro like that, you need to uh, copy and paste that and send it to me so then I can use it. <laughs> we can definitely do that for you. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you for the nice intro and thank you for having me. Nailed the intro there, Luke. So well done. Um, yeah, thanks so much, Brody, for being here. Really excited to chat to you. Can we start with your uh, sporting journey? You've been into sports since you were a young kid and going into the Defence Force to now running a lot. You're into ultra marathons, you're into the Sydney Marathon, and you're also uh, recently became a very talented dancer on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Can you talk us through what got you into running specifically and how you found yourself running these crazy races? Well, I think um, like I always grew up in a sporty family. So my my dad was actually a pretty good runner um, and then both of his hips went. Um, and my mum was, was and is an amazing endurance athlete. Um, and we grew up by the beach and pretty much just did surf lifesaving from like a really young age. So always like always active. Um, my brother's a really good surfer. And actually if he, when he runs, he's a good runner as well. Um, he's far, he's actually way more naturally gifted than any of us. But um, I feel like running, <clears throat> like, cause I played hockey at high school and then obviously competed in surf lifesaving as well. And I, I'm sort of like, um, you must have run when you're like, you must have been doing some sort of running during that time. But then I remembered running my first half marathon at uni and that was quite fun. But then I just sort of ran to sort of help with my fitness through my twenties. Cause your twenties are like, let's go overseas and do all of the cool things and stuff. And it wasn't until, um, so I always, yeah, I guess I always could go for a run and did sort of you know, I, I guess like a 5K-ish type stuff and 10K-ish type stuff in the midst of living and being a journalist and, and whatnot. Um, but <clears throat> I remember doing the Auckland Half Marathon and it must have been 2017. And I remember like the Auckland Half Marathon finishes, well, both the, that and the full finish in, in Victoria Park. Um, but when you get to the, um, when you're about to finish the half, you see the sign, uh, which points to the full marathon people, which have to obviously turn left and go all the way up to St. Helier's and back. And I just looked at that sign that time and was like, yeah, no, you need to do that. Like you need to do a full one. Um, and so the year after I did do the the Auckland marathon and I did most of my training for that by myself in Christchurch but it was such a um it was such an amazing experience the whole sort of process of the training the hard days the great days and then ultimately you know doing it and feeling like you've you've achieved something that not a huge amount of people have but also in the same breath you're there there are all walks of life tall short wide narrow different running styles and you're all just out there doing it and it's it and you're like what an honor and what a privilege to be able to do it and so then you kind of then you sort of in and then you drink the Kool-Aid and you're hooked you know you're a bit hooked and and what it does for you on the day but also what it sort of does for your mind um 
and I, I genuinely think it makes me a better person as well. Like in, in the whole game of life, I feel like I'm a better person because I run. And I don't mean that in a like Tony Robbins kind of like, oh, yeah, you can all be better people. But it makes me feel that way. Yeah, I love that. I also love that you were doing the half and you saw the full marathon sign and most people were like, if that, like, I don't want to ever do the marathon at the end of a half. Um, and you were like, yep, that's me. I'm doing that next year. It's so cool. I feel like with the running, we openly talk about it being really hard because running is hard, but people assume that you just kind of get to this point where it becomes easy. But like all of us here can agree that running is hard. What is it about running that you actually just genuinely love and like what gets you out every day like to go for a run? Well, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because no one run is ever the same. You'll never have the exact same run and you'll never feel exactly the same. Um, so like, for instance, last week I, I ran on Monday, great run, had a great run. Ran on Tuesday, ran 8Ks, hated every single second I was out there. I was like, this sucks. And mm-hmm. then I got home and I was like, well, you've done it. And and you'll never have that exact same run again. And I love that kind of feeling of, oh, and you can, but you also go, wonder why that was. And you're like, well, you were tired. So, okay, that's all right. But I feel like it's, um, well, for, for starters, um, it's so important. We we all know how important it is to like be out in fresh air and take some time. And I feel like for me, I have a really, really busy life um, and it's my time. It's actually my time. I don't have to talk to anyone. I can drift off into all sorts of thoughts or not, or just listen to the music. Um, and it's sort of like a quite a good therapeutic avenue for me as well. Plus, as I say, it just... It teaches you so much about how far you can push yourself mentally and physically as a person. And you you can constantly surprise yourself in, in what you actually are capable of doing. And I love that that filters into other aspects of your life. So, and you're out, you're out there. It's it, When I say it's easy, I don't mean the running's easy, but pair of shoes, headphones, you know, like, you know, I've, you know, I've got a bike and a kayak and, you know, I've done bits and bobs in the coast to coast. You've got to tie the kayak on, drive to the beach or drive to the river with running. You get to just put your shoes on and get out there. And it's such a good way to see places if you're traveling and it's just, yeah, it's awesome. So true. It's so accessible for everyone and totally relate to those runs. Like that 8K run you said, that was just absolute trash. Like I think everyone listening, we've had those runs before and you're like, this sucks. But then, yeah, you go again a couple of days later and everything's fine again. It's very weird. Um, but how do you manage to like fit it all in? Because obviously, yeah, you are so busy and you're, you know, doing so many things at once. How do you find time to run? Well, I feel like if I did, you know, like there's a real, um, I mean, I sort of go through waves of of the hunger for it. But like at the moment, you know, I'm like, I, I need it because particularly right now, my life and my, my my work life is extremely chaotic. And so that, if I don't, if I didn't have that, I I think I'd probably, the wheels would start to fall off. So I, I, I have to prioritize it and I, and I have to put it in my diary. I have to go that, you know, we're running this day, this day, and this day, and it's non-negotiable. So they're in the diary and it's like, well, I'm sorry, no, I'm not, I'm not available at that time. So I, I actually really, find that important um and it, and and it's tricky because um you know there are days where it's like I, I I can't fit it in and I and I don't know whether I necessarily think that this is healthy or not but you you do you, you get a bit antsy you know like if it's like you've had a couple of days of really busy mahi and you haven't been able to do it and you're like oh god I think that's probably more so a good good thing but um it's really important for me to prioritize because as I say, just get out there in the fresh air, clears my head. I, you know, it gives me that I speak a lot in my, in my line of work. So it's also some time that I don't have to talk. Um, so it, it is really, really important and I'll always try and make time, but it, it can be really hard. Cause like last year when I was um, working at the rugby world cup and I was working for the whole, like these massive, long weekend shifts and trying to tr- train for the for the Kepler challenge and it was hard because you were like 
I've got I've got to run for five hours today and but I but no I can't because I'm driving to Whangarei at six o'clock in the morning you know like so you just sort of have to sort of peel back and sort of sometimes you bite off more than you can chew uh but you just sort of make it work because you want to make it work yeah yeah it is a making it work for you versus like you shifting your life around to make running you know like I feel like some people like plan their entire lives around their running but it's just not realistic and it's not healthy so like making sure that you're fitting running into your life the best way possible I think is so important and you're talking about how you obviously in your work um, you do a lot of speaking and you're like engaging with a lot of people throughout your day I can imagine do you listen to podcasts when you're running or like what do you listen to when you're running no I do not I do not listen to podcasts I um I listen to like full noise. If anyone wants it, my uh, Spotify playlist is called The Run Finisher and it's heavy. Uh, I listen to basically drum and bass and dubstep and like that's that's my happy place with my running. Like it's got quite, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm matching the cadence of the music, but I just, it just, I just, I just, yeah. that's where I'm happy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've tried a couple of times listening to podcasts. And I don't, and I find it fascinating when I see lovely fellow runners out there and they're like, oh, I'm listening to the girls uninterrupted. And I'm like, gosh, okay, that's fascinating to be able to listen to my voice while you're out running, but all right. So, but no, the music for me is, is what I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. I found podcasts through running, you know, like I started listening to podcasts probably about 10 years ago to keep me, um, I guess, engaged on the run or like distracted from the actual act of running. And I now can't really run without a podcast. So yes, I do listen to your voice when I am running and I enjoy it. And you're probably smashing PBs when you're hearing me talking about random things, eh? <laughs> Can we um can we chat a little bit about body image? Because in running, this is a huge conversation, especially for women. And more recently, a lot more elite female athletes are coming forwards to talk about their struggles with their body image. What has your journey been like with your relationship with your body as a woman growing up in sport? Shocking. I'm a shocker. And I just turned 37 and I said to um, we've just finished um a, a podcast tour as well with the girls uninterrupted. And I said at the tour, I said, like, I've, I'm turning 37. If I look back at photos of me five years ago at 32, I go, shit, you look great. At 32, I was like, mm, I'm not happy with my body. And then, but you know, you look back at photos of yourself at 27 and you're like, you look great. And you're like, oh, well, I knew, know that I was like, oh, when I was, you know, and, and it's a vicious cycle of us always as women just being so bloody hard on our bodies and and the image that we've somehow have grown up believing that uh we're supposed to look a certain way and I won't lie I'm still really hard on myself like I am and and I and that pisses me off though that pisses me off I wish I could flick flick a switch and bugger that off because um it's not cool to to because I I, I also at the same time, really know how amazing my body is and women's bodies in general are just absolutely incredible um but you know I, yeah I, I sort of I, I wish I wasn't carrying as much weight right now but then I'm like oh well what 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 does that involve then what what would involve what do you need to do now that would change that would but you're busy you're happy with your life you know, there's a cut you can always, and I think it's important to reflect that there's there is things you could you can do to enhance yourself for yourself. And I think it's when you can recognize the difference between like I'll give you an example. So, you know, I've had three really busy weeks um and and have probably drunk too much alcohol in the space of that time. Now I go, okay, you've done that. That's cool. There's not really anything you can do about that now shall we move on kind of thing. So as long as you can recognize, you know, things that you want to improve on and go, okay, well, that was a three weeks and that's how it happened. Now we're going into the next few weeks and what are we going to do to make ourselves feel a bit better within ourselves? Instead of being like, I hate the way I look because I feel like people are looking at me that way. And I, I feel like 
I don't even do that anymore. Like, I don't think I'm the kind of person that's like, because no one is looking at you going, you looked a certain way. No one. And if they are, they're an asshole. Um, so it's more, it's more the battle within yourself. So it's not, it's not a battle that's over, but I reckon I'm like, I'm in the midst of fighting it better than I ever have been. That was a really long answer. And I didn't even answer, answer the question, did I? No, you definitely did. But like, it's just super interesting to understand those pressures and where those pressures are coming from, because you say, and you know that nobody else is looking at you that way, but you're obviously feeling this pressure that you need to change the way that you look. Do you think that's come from like messaging that you've seen growing up or like where, where does it come from? Do you think? Do you know what? I think it's a combination because I can't imagine if you're a young um, woman now teenagers and that with with social media and and, and the way that is like I sort of I don't know whether I think that that it's helping or hindering it's probably doing a bit of both depending on what your bloody algorithm is but I definitely think growing up I mean you know everyone on the tv shows or in the magazines all looked the same so there was no diversity whatsoever so you didn't know any different, right? And there were no, and and even if you if you make it specifically sport, apart from netball, there were no you couldn't go and watch women play sport anywhere. So you weren't your eyes weren't able to see what amazing strong sportswomen look like, you know. So basically, growing up, it was this is all the hot people on the TV, and this is all the hot people in the magazines, and that's all you really had. Um, but also I think our, our, our parents' generation was probably even worse. Like, and so I think about, um, my mum and, and I watch how hard she is on herself and her body. And we grew up hearing that as well. So I definitely think our parents' generation, um, passed that kind of, that, that down as well, that kind of like, Diet starts on Monday. No, that's it. I'm sick of myself. You know, um, that whole mentality of, oh, I've got the, I've bought the hip and thigh diet book or, you know, like diets were things like you could, everyone was on a diet and you could hear that. And so you were growing up around that. Um, so definitely like, and, and so I, I hope that that is changing, but as I said, like, I don't know whether it necessarily is with, with the world of social media. Mm. it's such a hard thing to change if it's been going on for so long right like I think of my mum as well similar thing with yo-yo dieting and then yeah totally relate to you in that body image is a you know probably a lifelong journey and it is really hard to be okay with your body and looking back at photos I do the exact same thing you know I'm like man I was in great shape and then you know you compare yourself and then you probably look the same now but it's just your brain tricking you so and also like you, it's such a waste of time such a waste of time and that amazing movie that Emma Thompson and Emma Thompson is in which is called Good Luck Leo Grande and then she talked about her body image and just and how it is such a waste of time and you're like oh my god I'm running marathons what are you like get over it stop it stop it you know and you shake yourself and I think it sort of can be um you, you can sort of go through patterns of um, when you're when you're better at it than not, and it, and it sort of I think it depends about what you put around yourself. So as I say, like if I've had three big weeks of mahi, but I've not eaten that well and I've drunk too much, that's when the self loathing is is present. So it's more about going, okay, I know that. What can you do about it so that you don't so that your self loathing isn't isn't as bad. Mm-hmm. I just say the waste of time thing I feel like yes it's such a waste of time because I think about how much time I spent and how consumed I was by thinking about my appearance when I was younger and I remember that funny stat about how often like boys thought about sex and I think it was like every 30 seconds or every minute or something apparently it crosses their mind and I'm like the way I look at myself and the way I think about the way I look Honestly, I th- I reckon would cross my mind every like 15 seconds more often than a guy would think about sex, which is like insane and so much time wasted that I wish I could take back. I just wish I knew what I know now about, you know, the female body and, you know, loving yourself and being proud of yourself. Well, as they say as well, like um, 
no one's going to stand up at your funeral and be like, oh, look, when she laughed, she had a double chin. <laughs> you know, no one's going to do any, no one's going to go, well, she, like, she was 35 and she had to go from a size 12 to size 14 jeans. No one gives a shit. No one, and I look at my, and, and the good test for you to remind yourself is, you look at your friends and go, I love you and you're amazing. It doesn't matter what they look like, does it? But but they look amazing because they are amazing. And so you go, why can't I flip that onto me? Yeah. Just yeah. got to keep, keep practicing and yeah. become normal. Um, I think like exercise as well in the past and, and still to this day is often used to like get into shape and like even certain brands, you know, use that messaging behind exercise, you know, lose this amount of weight or um, get in this type of shape. What can we do to help to change this messaging for the next generation of young women coming coming through and growing up now? Yeah, it's a tricky one, eh? Because I feel like, um, as I say, I think social media can help and also hinder because, um, you know, the, the, there's a real glamorization of certain exercise that happens to be a bit of a fad right now or, um, you know, or even just people thinking that they have to post a gym selfie or like the, the, the whole sort of we're out here doing it. And I, and I, so I want to like, it's really great that people are out there celebrating exercise. I think that, I think people should do that, but there definitely is a real kind of like, and it's hard, isn't it? Cause you go, Oh, I think some people are definitely actively probably contributing to people's unhealthy perceptions of what they're exercising for. So you look at someone that's, I'm not going to name anyone, but there's plenty of them out there that are, I guess, like fits, fitspo influencers that have grown massive followings. And now they sell exercise gear and make a fortune. And here's my, and they're not even qualified PTs, but here they are selling exercise programs online and stuff because they're hot and they've had a ton of plastic surgery and which is also fine. And so it, I just think that there's too much. Um, we need more, more, I guess, processes and standards in terms of what people are actually, if they're putting stuff out there with a kind of like an element of responsibility, um, we, we need a bit more of that. It's, it's no different to an influencer putting ad you know, I feel like if you've, you know, if you're going to peddle a fitness message, you have to be accountable and, and have to, you know, and I don't think there's enough of that. I, I don't think there is enough of that. So I wouldn't mind, mind you, I think the whole fitness industry, whether it's on social media or not, is pretty wild like that. Um, so what can we do? We can just keep being real. So you've got a balance of of a whole bunch of fake stuff on, on online and then you've got a wonderful also um community of people out there like you guys as well just doing amazing mahi and just getting a message out there that it's it's more than just doing it a because everyone else is doing it b because i want to look different or c because um i want to fit into that crop top for summer or whatever it's like that will only last you so far so the more people that are just sort of out there talking about the good stuff and the bad stuff because you know, I get lots of people messaging me going, oh, I just want to start running, but I hate it. And it's like, why do you hate it? And it, oh, well, I tried and I just didn't like it. Why did you, what happened? Well, I tried to run 5Ks and then I couldn't walk the next day. I was like, right, okay. So 5Ks is a really long way. Um, did someone tell you to do that? Or did you did you go and look at a program or did, did, you, did you see someone that you follow do it and think that I should be able to do it? And, you know, it's like, just go walk, walk a lamppost and run a lamppost. And then the next day, maybe try two and two. And then maybe a week later, maybe try running a K and, you know, so, and I'm not a running coach, but, you, you, and I would never, apart from like, say, really start slow, I would never say to someone, hey, this is what you need to do in terms of like technical things. I'll just say, get yourself a good pair of running shoes, get a bloody good playlist, start slow. Um, but you know, people have to want to do things for the right reasons. Um, and there's unfortunately too many people out there peddling it for the wrong reasons. But as I say, people like ourselves will keep fighting the good fight. That was a very long-winded answer. Yeah, it's so good. I feel like it definitely speaks to everything we talked to Femi about, just like 
uh, sustainable training, you know, like doing things in a really healthy way that you can do it forever, not just like jump on a quick fad and do it for the next six months and post a few run selfies and then never run again. Um, we're like, we want people to benefit from running for the rest of their lives. And um, so that's everything like really speaks to Femi. Are you ready to speak about your menstrual cycle? Oh, I knew this was coming. Yep. No, yep. I'm there. We have definitely talked about your menstrual cycle before offline. Um, and I told you that I was going to be the period police and I want you to just start embracing your period. This was a few months ago. Um, how are you going with your new approach to your period? Still in the too hard basket, Dales. Still in the too hard basket. Because... <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, um, no, I, and, and the, the dumb thing, well, yeah, no, the, uh, look, I know, look, I know, I don't mean to, I'll be honest with you and I hope you want that periods gross me out. I'm like, yuck. And I know that that's not, you know, I'm just like, Oh yuck, get out. And I, that's not actually to do with why they happen in the process. I'm just like, Oh, yuck. T tampons, yuck. I, and I, and when I was, See, I'll give you a bit of context as well. So when I first was a teenager and I got, I got my period really young, I was 11. Um, and then I and then I got really he heavy periods and they were long and shit. And then when I joined the army, um, we like we would go to go like go on like exercises for like days at a time and stuff and so you could go in and see the the nurse or the doctor and they'd be like oh what you know what are you on and you'd be like oh well actually I think that might have been when I first did go on the pill and it was like what what well here go on the pill um and make sure you're skipping your period when you're out in the field and the reason you'd want to do that is because you didn't want to be you're out in the field there's no toilets there's no hand sanitizer there's nothing so it was like it literally was no we we we, we can't we're, we're pretend war and we don't need our periods at this time so and then I and then I went on the the depot injection and didn't get my period and don't get my period and I've had a couple of times where I've been off it and, and like then fully like thought I was bleeding out to death and so I don't, I'm terrified of that happening again. And I, and I know that I've got to face that sometime and I'm fully aware of it, but it's just finding the right time to go, right. Well, if, no, I can't do August cause I'm going to Bali. I can't bleed out in Bali. Um, then I'm like, oh, the next cycle will be the rugby. Well, no, I can't, so I can't bleed out at the rugby world cup. So, <laughs> so I'm just, don't worry. It's on my mind. And, and I'm not that grossed out by periods anymore and I can manage that and I need to just put my big girl pants on and do it at some point. I promise you that I, and I knew that we were going to talk about it and I'm sorry. Don't apologize. This is exactly why we wanted to chat to you because we are always talking about how amazing periods are and how we all want we want all women to embrace them, but we we know that they can be annoying and they can be a nuisance and they can be gross to some people, you know, but we want to just understand like how can we break down those barriers for people like yourself who can't even face the, like, the idea of getting a period because we know how amazing it can be to have a natural cycle, um, but it is like a tough conversation to have because there's definitely reasons why people are on contraception and there's different, obviously different forms of contraception, what people are taking, but yeah, we want you to embrace your body as best as possible. So how can we help you to do that? You know, like what would make you take that step to be like, yep, I want to get a period because I want to know what that feels like, or I want to know like if it will make me feel any different. Oh, well, I think it's more knowing that it's better for me to be not on the on the depot provera. I I know that it's probably at my age now, it's probably best to like knock that shit on the head and let all the natural bits and bobs happen. So I know that. So it's not that I need convincing. It's just that I can't be bothered. And that's that sounds really bad. And it's just like life is too busy. And, and, and so that this is not even, they're not even good excuses. But as I said, I, I thought about it. I was one of my wonderful running friends. We were just talking about it a couple of weeks ago and we're out running. And I said to her, I was like, I've, I have to, I, I have to 
there has to be a moment. There has to be. But then I was like, oh, I think when I'm next to for my depot, and I was like, oh, it's in August. Nah, Bali. But I also, um, I have spoken to um, as well, a uh, wonderful woman called Beatrice Thorne, who is at Eve Wellness. And she's also like, she's not, she's like you, Lydia. She's like, I, you waving her finger at me like, oi. So she also wants me to sit in and talk to her about that when I come to do it. So maybe I just need to rip the bandaid off and, and but it is, it's literally going, okay, it, it's my mind is like, it will be inconvenient. So I need to decide when I'm ready for that inconvenience. Rip the bandaid off and put a tampon in and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I genuinely think it's more, as I said, and, and I know that this is fine, but it's literally, there's been twice where, one when I was overseas quite a few years ago and I, I couldn't get access to to getting the injection and I was working in Santorini and oh man for about two weeks it was so so intense and then um actually the second time that happened was um and it was in the first year of COVID and I'd obviously forgotten to get my injection I confused it with a flu jab and the same thing happened and and it just, <laughs> And I just like, oh, just so hectic. So that's more what that's more what I can't be bothered with. It's not that it's actually not the and that's silly that because I'm I'm a brave woman when it comes to lot. And it's like you just you're kind of just copping out a little bit here, thinking that that's gonna happen. But as I said, like there's steps that I can put in place mm-hmm. to make that not as bad, but yeah. Not yeah. August though. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there eventually. It's great. I used to be on the depot and then I found out its impact on um, bone density. And so I went off it. Um, So maybe if you read up on that, that'll make you move faster too. (laughs) Well, if you know, did you, how long were you on it? And sorry, this is not about me interviewing you, but I'm interested in it. Like how, how did you notice some changes? Um, For two, I was only on it for two years. um, And I think it's like between one to 3% a year. So I didn't notice anything. Um, but even the fact that the person who, you know, said it could be a good idea, didn't tell me that annoyed me. I was like, tell me these things. Like that's quite a, something that I would want to know, especially as someone who runs and wants strong bones. So yeah, I don't know. I promise you it is often on my mind, which is better than, than it was Lydia. Like at least it's on my mind more often than not. And I am aware that I need to do it. So I'm not saying it's, yeah, like I'm more, I'm more acutely swinging that way than not, which I think is good. It's good. I feel like you're a naughty student and I'm your teacher. (laughs) I feel that way too. I feel naughty. (laughs) Definitely what it sounds like from the outside over here. (laughs) I feel like Brody was prepared for the question and knew she was in trouble. Um, (laughs) <laughs> um, there's obviously yeah such a lack of education around female physiology and menstrual cycles and like what I said before you know someone not even telling me the side effects and, and things that can come from certain things um, that we put in our bodies but throughout your sporting career has anyone or like coaches you've worked with spoken to you about your period and your menstrual cycle and like how that could potentially benefit your performance nah we had none of that like not at all as I say that you know the fact that I feel like we're also particularly a generation that was like right you're at are you having sex yep get on contraception and you know and and there was no conversations about what that was it was just like you need this this is what you need if you're having sex because you know you don't want to get pregnant and da 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 and but also it was kind of romanticized that it could regulate your period it was kind of like the cool thing it was it was oh we'll go on this oh, oh what pill are you on yeah I can skip my period oh mint okay cool so so it was that was what it was when we were growing up. It was like, it was more of a thing of convenience. No one really was like, Hey, is this good for us? Or there, there wasn't that. It just wasn't, they weren't in the conversations. So, you know, and you think about the, you know, my mum's generation, even it was even worse. Like no one talked about periods and the, the reason it was called the rag is because literally their, their mothers gave them rags, you know, and that's why they, and then also those, awful things that were in the schools the fire things that they used to put things in and burn so we have come 
a long way, a huge way. Um, but you can understand why there's you can't just overnight magically make someone's relationship with their menstrual cycle be like, oh, you're cool. Because you've just had so many years of it being a thing that you'd no, no one talked about or or it was just you you could fix that. It was like a process that you could like fix. Yeah, and every conversation that you had growing up with your period was all so negative. So there was nothing like positive about having a period where we know now there are so many benefits that come from having the period. So we like try to highlight those benefits. And I know the next generation of people coming through are just like so open to have conversations about their bodies and about their menstrual cycles and talking about period products. Like it's so cool to see um, because I feel like everyone's just going to be able to learn so much more about their bodies and make decisions that are actually right for them and their health, not just like what kind of everyone else is doing or what they think is the right thing to do without kind of all that background knowledge. So there is change happening, which is really good. And why will be part of that very soon? We love to hear it. We love it. <laughs> now, um, it is not a podcast with Brody without speaking about your incredible mother and the relationship that you had with your mum, Jo Kane, as well as, you know, Gracie and Caitlin, these amazing women in your life that you do the girls uninterrupted with. Why do you think these relationships with other women are so important to you? And what kind of impact these female relationships have had on you like growing up? Well, I think um, my relationship with my mum is pretty amazing, and and I we are super close these days. But we were, and when I say we weren't always close, I don't I don't mean that we've always had an amazing relationship. But our sort of the the time we spend together is so much more, and um, and I I don't know whether that's because of the the stages we are in our in our lives, um. But, you know, she was always such a, she always was and is such a strong woman. Um, and, you know, I always admired her fierceness. Um, and, you know, again, you watch people like in that generation where you're a, you're a strong, fierce woman, but that's in the patriarchy is the words have changed to outspoken and bossy or, you know, bitch or whatever. Um, so watching someone like her navigate through that and, 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 you know, suffer consequences for being that way, um, throughout her career, but always staying true to herself was pretty amazing. Um, and I, and I actually think though, um, it's fascinating because growing up and then becoming a broadcaster and working in, in the media space, um, and particularly like in a, in, in a more corporate side of it is um, we, we tended to, uh, and I, I'm very grateful that I'm out the other side of that, but there's always been such a competitiveness uh, of women against women. And, you know, you could grow up and it was natural for you to be pitted against even at high school, you know, if you were the if you were good at something and another chick was good at something, it was like, oh, it's all on, as opposed to embracing both people being good at it. So we 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 grew up that, and particularly yeah, in the media space, it was like everyone was wanting the same job, or you know, the, it wasn't an attitude or a, a kind of a, a a work environment where there's enough room for everyone which breaking news there is enough room for everyone um so I feel like what is so special about my relationship with mum and my relationship with uh Caitlin and Gracie and um and our and our podcast listeners and that is it is that not everyone has to agree on everything and how the world works and how you see it but to be able to have a, an environment where uh women are supporting women um and creating a community where women can feel themselves feel they can be themselves is is really important um and you know i i i'm sometimes and i you know sometimes i think that we 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 sometimes look too hard and do over because we're women so we do that we look too hard and we overanalyze things sometimes a bit too much so you know like you just sometimes go okay pump that down a couple of notches and take a few deep breaths because then we can be all like ragey and oh well you said that you you're a feminist but you don't like that woman it's like you know let's not over analyze 
and put labels on everything that what we do. And now even listening, people might be like, well, you're just doing that now. And I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. See, that's how our brains work. Um, but ultimately creating a space where women can talk about things that we've never been able to talk about. Um, and my mum has, you know, been a woman that's done that for a long time. And as I say, you suffer consequences throughout your career for, for things like that. But ultimately, um, if we keep doing it, we will get there because we have to. Um, and so you've kind of got to try and play your part in sort of kicking down that glass ceiling and what, however big or small it is, um, whether it's, yeah, meeting some new friends as an adult and, or yeah, going to things that you want to go to, but going by yourself, but knowing that there is a community of women out there. And and I th- feel like those women in my life have, have played a part in that as well. Yeah. It makes such a difference having women around you that are on the same mission as you, you know, and like, I feel like for me and Est, when we started Femi, we would have never imagined having so many women on this kind of journey with us. But now I look back, I'm like, if we didn't have them, I don't know if we'd still be going, you know, because there would have been, we've come up to so many barriers that just between me and Esther would have been so easy for us to give up. But like, we've had so many incredible women as you have had Brody like around you to support you and just continue to tell you to keep going. And it like, it makes such a massive difference and so grateful for those incredible women who are like part of our journey. And yeah, I think your relationship with your mom and with Caitlin and um, Gracie is like admirable. It's really beautiful. And your mom, I feel like is one of those women who, if she was born like now, she would, her personality would just fit so well into like where the future is going for women and the way that we are going to be able to speak up in a really like, embracing way whereas yeah I can imagine it would have been really hard for her um throughout her career growing up with yeah opinions and trying to push for change when there would have been so many more like barriers put on I have to say as well I have to give um credit where credit's due my dad is like the biggest supporter of women as well and always has been like he just he is like he's probably more of a feminist than me to be honest like he just and he's right. He's like, women are like the empathy that women have when women are running things, things run like he's like, when women are running things, things go better. And, you know, he's always been that way. Um, so that's been really cool too. Like he just loves women. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I must acknowledge that um, he's kind of like one of the OG. My allies. We love that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. And And nothing is more powerful than a bunch of women that are around each other and, connected and doing something they love it's just an awesome space to be in mm. I feel like when men are surrounded by strong women like yourself and and your mom he's probably like you know what he's yeah. got no bloody choice <laughs> <laughs> because like I think of my dad and then we've got three daughters and my mom is also like I think she sounds quite similar to your mom like you know stands up for a for a woman she's a real fighter um, my dad says the exact same thing as your dad. So maybe it's a common common thread. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Um, can we talk a little bit about the media landscape? And it's something we're passionate about at Femi, obviously trying to raise the profile of women in sport. How do you think um, New Zealand media and media in general, not just sport, has changed in the last few years in, in showcasing and highlighting more women? Well, it's certainly on its way which is great. Um, and yeah, it's, it's funny because there are so many, there are so many amazing female broadcasters out there and it has come even in the past kind of five years, there's so many more women on the telly, you know, just, and, and I know that that's just one particular form of media. There's so many women on boards, um and making decisions uh in in sport but also in other places as well which is epic to see um and you know having witnessed the rugby world cup last year and what that did for women's sport um here in Aotearoa but also globally is is quite amazing to see and so we just have to keep the foot on the throat to be honest. And so we just have to keep the pressure on, keep talking and keep, 
you know, for want of a word from the patriarchy, keep being stroppy, you know, keep being like, put this on the telly. Why isn't this the lead story? Why isn't this, you know, because we are still out of whack and we, we've, we've still got a fight on our hands until we have um, equality. Um, so we just have to keep going and we will get there. And sometimes getting there means, you know, two steps forward, five backwards, but then, you know, then we're back there again. And so as a collective uh, of people that can are part of that, as we just have to, you just have to keep going. But I do think, I do think there is so much more um, safer spaces for, for us to have these conversations and, um, you know, there are some wonderful women out there doing incredible work uh, to pave the way for our, our younger wahine and um, we will get there. But we just literally have to keep talking. We have to keep pushing. Um, and th- that that's the only way we can all be part of it. And, uh, you know, and even if you take it, if you go particularly to sport, um, you know, in, in New Zealand, we have a wonderful, wonderful bunch of sports women. Like, they're all so cool. And they're all really supportive of each other. So if you're watching, you know, Ruby Tui's watching the White Ferns, you know, and and vice versa. And Dame Valerie Adams is cheerleading for, you know, whoever. And so Lisa Carrington. So all your heroes can look like different people and play different sport. And so as long as we all sort of like celebrate that, um, we are on the right track. Yeah, we do have some incredible female athletes in New Zealand. It's like, it's just so cool to see these women not only coming through and performing at their best, but starting to get some sort of like credit for it as well and getting put in the media and getting their stories told, but also credit to them for telling their own stories through social media. Like a lot of them not only are amazing athletes, they're also great content creators and they like are really their authentic selves on their social media. And I think that's also helped just like get more attention in women's sport too. So shout out to all those women. Well, I guess the blessing in in disguise is, uh, is that, you know, the, the big male sporting machine is, is exactly that. So you take the all blacks, for example, that's, you know, like it's a big business, it's a huge business. And so it has, it has gone a particular way whereby the players essentially kind of have to be a particular way. Whereas we have, you know, because you've had a whole bunch of uh, women's sport that haven't had that, then you get the black ferns and they're singing and they're dancing. And it's like, as long as we keep this the way it is and don't try and create these machines uh, that then sort of like stem that, um, because that, that's what's so contagious about following women who 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 compete is they're um well, we're different we're different and and you don't have to compare them and and but you know we shouldn't we shouldn't compare either we're completely different sports and we know completely different bodies in that but well that's why we should nurture how cool our female athletes are because they offer something different that we didn't see when we were growing up. So it's like, it's, it's refreshing and it's, and, and ultimately as well, there is not really an argument anymore that, Oh, well, you know, um, cause it's just completely ass about face because it's like, Oh, well, women don't get the bums on seats. Women, the, the, the you put the women on the telly. Well, that's because you never did let them open, go, go to the stadiums and you didn't put them on the telly and you didn't. And now you have a model, like a, a a beautiful blueprint, which is the 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 rugby world cup, and you're like, that's not really an excuse anymore, you know, because you put them on the telly, everyone's watching. It was the biggest thing that was on television last year. That final, the stadium sold out, you know, like so. No more of that. No more bullshit excuses. Women rule. Keep yep. celebrating them. Thank you very much. Yes, say it louder. Did you see the French ad for the World Cup recently? The French team's ad that came out recently? Amazing. So good. It just shut so many people up, which we love. We love the free. They're always ones to just fire off as well. I love it. Very good. Amazing. Well, we do have two quick fire questions for you before we go. Um, so the first one is if you could go back in time to your 15 year old self, what would you tell her? 15. Um, what would I tell 15 year old Brody? 
usually I'm like 25. So, but like, I probably wouldn't go as deep with 15 year old Brody, um, as I would with 25 year old Brody. Um, <laughs> I would tell her, oh, do you know what? What would I tell her? 15 year old, she was a little bit naughty actually. Okay. Yeah, she, that was probably my naughtiest year. 15 and 16 were my naughtiest years, actually. Um, and I kind of don't, I'm not upset about her being naughty because she grew out of it. Um, <laughs> maybe, okay, if we, was, if we were going back to what I've talked about earlier, as I wish we could instill in her what I'm trying to instill in 37-year-old Brody, which is, hey, you're pretty cool the way you are. And you are not defined by your body. Yeah. Love that. I think, yeah, I definitely needed to hear that when I was 15 as well. Um, last quick fire question. Uh, it's just a quick one. What's your purpose on Mother Earth? <laughs> That's not a quick one. Jesus Christ. Um, what is my purpose on Mother Earth? Far out. That's the most difficult question I've ever been asked. <laughs> At the moment, if I can just, in the in the most simplistic way, bring joy, if I can make someone else smile once a day, that's all right. Is that yeah. A, yeah. See the classic overthinking woman. Is that all right? Is that enough? Is that is that enough for people? Is that enough for Mother Earth? Yeah, it is. That was, and I know that you do that for a fact because you make me smile every time I watch you on socials. You're always up to something fun, which, uh, yeah, it is really inspiring and you're so funny. And if you aren't following Brody on Instagram, we will tag her Instagram into our show notes. You can go along and check her out and follow along, especially with her journey towards the Sydney Marathon, which is coming up pretty soon. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it so much. I know our listeners would have absolutely loved this conversation. For those who want to send us some feedback, uh, you can head to our Instagram at themi.co or to our website, themi.co. But Esther and I will be back in your ears next week. And thanks for joining us.